Welcome to the Cashflow Legends Podcast with your hosts, Nate, Brandon, and Brock. Remember, our insights are not direct financial advice, so consult with your financial team before making any decisions based on the topics discussed in this show. Welcome back, everybody, to Cashflow Legends, where we really focus on helping you learn how to keep more of what you earn so that you can learn how to then have strategies to earn more with what you keep. And the ultimate goal to all of this is so you have confidence and certainty with how your money flows through your life and the purpose that it is creating or accomplishing or supporting. That is all money is. It's inanimate. We tell it what to do. So let's make sure we learn how to do that in a way that we're proud of. And that's why I got my my two dudes here today, Nate and Brock. They are excellent at giving different insight on what they've learned, what they've seen. And just in case anybody doesn't know, first time joining, this is what Nate and Brock and I absolutely love doing. It is a blessing that we get to do what we do every day. Somebody asked me yesterday, What's, what, what do you do? I'm like, I have the greatest job in the world. Now, I stole that from your dad, Brock, but it is true. I'm not making it up. I really do think that. So today, we're going to be talking about something that we all feel is vital. Oftentimes in the journey of people learning about infinite banking, let's say they saw it on TikTok or they saw it on Instagram, or maybe they came through the Nelson Nash Institute and they, they read Becoming Your Own Banker, however they got there. The question that comes up often is, is what's the downside? This sounds too good to be true. And they start going through all these scenarios of worst case scenarios that never come up in traditional financial planning. They never say these things. It's only when they get brought to the forefront of a new way of thinking that they start going, well, what if the world crumbles? Catastrophic thinking. So we're going to really dive into some things that we talk about daily, but let's really frame it because we always have to remember to meet people where they're at. And somebody might be watching this. This might be the first podcast they've ever watched or listened to and the first YouTube they've ever watched. So give us a quick recap of what infinite banking is in relation to permanent whole life policies with mutual companies and how that all works. So first off, <clears throat> can you believe that we have a podcast? Isn't that crazy? Like, I just think it's, I just think it's cool. Um, Definitely what a, gratitude. What a privilege, like you said, to be able to share this with other people. And you know, if somebody's listening for the first time, we're speaking from the experience that, that we have in our own lives. Um, we don't make uh, outlandish claims or anything like that. We're not trying to uh, hype strategies up and things like that. Um, this is not a marketing ploy or anything. We're just speaking from the heart and as far as our experience. But the concept of infinite banking and, and what we've seen in our own life is the ability to <clears throat> essentially um, create an environment with an asset and the asset, the preferred asset, the most efficient asset is per, or dividend paying whole life insurance. Another term for that is permanent life insurance. Um, but we utilize this asset, we store capital inside of it. So we, we have the ability to fund it, put money into it. And then we also have the ability to control that. We have the ability to grow it and we have the ability to put it to work. And whenever I'm breaking it down in, in the simplest way that I can for someone, 
if you understand real estate or own your own home or something like that, you understand, you understand that real estate has a market value. And as you're making payments into the value of that asset, a portion of that uh, value is attributed to you as equity, which is the portion of the asset that you own and control at that point. And so we are paying into a whole life insurance policy that is an asset. We're building equity inside of that asset. And now we get to earn interest on that equity and simultaneously put it to work into other assets if we choose to, or potentially be our own bank by refinancing debt away, you know, bad debt away from other institutions and things like that. So, um, yeah, that's kind of, kind of the, uh, right. the version I usually give. <laughs> so Brock, I saw you, uh, smirking. I got to add something tied to what Nate said. That was a great point about how grateful we are and how awesome this is. And you said, we're not going to be giving outlandish claims of anything. So I need to emphasize this. Most people need to understand what it, how uncomfortable Brock had to, how much uncomfortableness Brock had to work through to just get on this podcast. So the first piece there is, is that Brock wasn't standing around going, somebody give me a platform so I can get out there and tell everybody about this. It was literally him and Nate got connected and they felt like, Hey, this is something that we could do. They asked me my thought. I said, I love it. I knew Brock already. And uh, obviously Nate from being business partners for a long time and friends before that. So I saw you smirking. I want to know what you, what you had the, the smirk on your face for or whatever it was. And then I'm going to also follow up with another question after you, you tell me what you were thinking there. No, the smirk came from uh, Nate saying, can you believe we have a podcast? And the the oh. answer is a both. No, no, I cannot believe it. <laughs> Okay. I never, never expected in a million years. Okay. So what's, so what's so fun about this is like, sometimes we forget that we're recording and we're just having a great conversation. So anyways, um, that's a, I, I that's a great point. This. That's yeah. a great point. We may tie, we, we may have a podcast one day, uh, episode where we talk about our journey to a podcast starting. Cause I think it could be very beneficial for somebody thinking about it and the way that we found that it worked in different ways that you can do it from my experience with our other one as well. All right, Brock, high expectations versus real world outcomes. The things that make you cringe when you see things said about infinite banking on social media. Now, let me, let me clarify. If Brock hears Nader, I say something that makes him cringe, believe you me, he's going to tell us quickly. And that's the beauty of accountability. That's good, okay, because we have different people hearing things that want to be sure that we're being concise and having our words challenged to be sure we're not putting out a false narrative or a half-truth or making something something that it isn't. Yeah. So what are some of those things, Brock? Yeah, so first, let me share. Like, So I've been blessed that I get to be in a lot of rooms where people are worth eight, nine uh, figures, sometimes 10 figures, and the conversations never change. Okay. So like on Monday, I was presenting to a group uh, where we're all an investor group together. And most of those people are eight, nine figure uh, people. And they had the same outlandish thoughts that most people think. And so one of the things that a couple things that we need to understand first is if you have somebody coming along and telling you, you're going to get 6%, and you're getting it every year. Sorry, but that's just a lie. That just doesn't happen. Okay. You're buying a product. There is a cost. And so that's going to drag your rate of return down in the first few years. Okay. 
The second is that this is going to be your be all end all strategy, right? Sometimes people come to us and I have no idea how they can think about this, but they'll come in thinking that they can put their entire income into the policy in their first policy. I'm like, buddy, you don't even know how it works yet. So <laughs> let's take a step back. I always talk about, you know, with the life insurance, you need to try it on like a coat. It'd be much better if you started smaller and then grew than probably hurting your lifestyle because you put all your money in, in one basket. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when, when we think about this, this is not like the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's a product. It's not good. It's not bad. It is just what it is. And you've got to recognize it and understand first the strategy in which you want to use it for. Okay. I, in this group that I'm a part of, there's one gentleman where he always complains. I'm in the third year of my policy and I have less cash value than, uh, I put in, uh, than I've put into it. And I was promised a 6% rate of return. And so I simply just had that say, sir, can you please show me what you thought that you were getting and the documents that you signed? Because you can't buy the product. Okay. Remember, you can't buy the product without seeing, I think the minimum number is two illustrations showing what you get. Okay. Yep. And in those two illustrations, there's actually four because you have worst case scenario and then you have okay scenario with dividends on top of it. Yep. But so. Those are probably my biggest outlandish things. And would you guys agree? I know I, I hate to say would you guys agree. That's kind of leading you to, to try to agree with me. From my perspective of conversation, oftentimes the things people say or ask gives us a lot of clarity on what they really understand so far. And we can meet them there. And so if I hear somebody saying and focused on rate of return inside the policy, and that's their only sole focus, or I hear them say, when do I get my money back? I know we got a long ways to go. But when I hear them say things like, oh, this is a product. It's been around for a long time. It's very sound. It's solid. It's consistent. It's connected to things that have over hundreds of years really proven to be true. And, they, and they're refining it with science, you know, actuarially. And I'm just going to take my behavior and pair it with that to create better results over a long period of time. Now I recognize, okay, they're getting the foundation of this and let's start building from there. But the worst thing we can do, and Nate, you and I are guilty of this. I know we are. We had a few members early on. Quit shaking your head. We're I'm partners. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> we had a few members early on that we let them, we didn't pump the brakes hard enough as their coaches and then they carried on this thought that was not really the correct thought or it was a misguided thought and they started building upon that thought and they were constantly disappointed because we didn't go, do a good job of going whoa, whoa, whoa no that's not that's not correct this is the truth this is why and we use this analogy a lot you've got infinite banking the behavior the mindset the concept the philosophy the paradigm shift and the product of whole life they can remain separate, but you can bring them together if you begin to learn how to use them for the things you want to accomplish. They are not together, period. Because you can apply infinite banking. Guys, give some real-life stories on this. You can apply infinite banking without a whole life product. You can apply the concept. So, Nate, walk through that. What do I mean when I say that? Well, 
as I said earlier, we're utilizing an asset class in order to create this, but it needs to be an asset class that actually is something that has some stability behind it. So technically you can do infinite banking with real estate. Um, uh, I mean, you can do it with other assets. I would not. Can you do it with non-assets? What do you mean? It's got, like, there's gotta be some value attached to it. So there's gotta be some, there's gotta be some sort of, um, uh, intrinsic value there. You know, that's let me go back to, to go forward. That seemed like a loaded question. And I know where my brain was going. People apply the concept of being a good banker through their checking account. And, and then you ask them what they're getting out of that checking account. And I can honestly tell you, well, right now, maybe a couple percent points at best that I pay taxes on when you have that conversation. So that's a checking account's not really an asset class. It's it holds our money. So and I've heard farmers talk about, oh, I do this with my farm equipment all the time. So that really I think that really helps when we have those conversations, help them separate the two. Because a lot of times in marketing on TikTok, I use TikTok because that's just the thing that sticks in my head because a running joke in my household is when my wife goes to tell me about a new recipe or something new she learned. Let me guess. She found it on TikTok and she comes up with some great recipes and some great insight from TikTok. I'm not knocking it, but a lot of times when you hear somebody give a little one, two minute clip, Brock on TikTok, what do you hear that are half truths at best? What do you notice that makes you like go, Oh gosh, I wish there was more depth there. Uh, most of it comes in the form of when they're talking about IULs and using this and my favorite is when they use the book, What Would the Rockefellers Do, that Garrett wrote. And they also use, they talk about IUL, but in the book, it's like, don't use IUL. So it's kind of like, I don't know how they're fighting that argument if the people actually read the book. Yep. Um, but those are kind of the most outlandish things. Let's talk about that real quick. Let's go into the, the depth of where did infinite banking come from? People have been applying the concept of infinite banking before it ever had the name infinite banking. Would that be fair to say? Oh, 100%. So Nelson Nash wrote a book in 2000 called Becoming Your Own Banker. And he talked about the infinite banking concept. But the approach, if, if we know anything about the Rockefellers and that behavior in the book that Garrett wrote, obviously that concept, that mindset, that approach has been going on for a long time. The book in 2000 just gave it a name. And it began to, early on, there wasn't social media. All right, like, the way, like it is today. So I'm with you, Brock. When you hear IUL and you hear IBC, for anybody watching, that's a clear indicator that they're they don't understand what the heck they're talking about. Yeah. Because they're not it, together. Let me let me push on that even more. So and I'm in like in no means am I saying that IUL is a bad product or anything. Right. I have sold millions of premium in IUL. Um, yep. but for different circumstances. What yep. a lot of times, especially with some of these uh, I'll just say multi-level marketing companies um, that are out there that go out and sell IULs. They're selling IULs to say, hey, while you're building wealth, you should put all your money in here, grow it and build it and then borrow against it and put it in other assets. I don't, now that I'm saying this, I don't think I've actually ever heard any of them talk about paying the policy back. <laughs> but then they want to talk to you about using it for retirement income, for tax-free retirement income. Those are two vastly different scenarios that we're talking about here and 
But when you go back and do the math and you talk about, hey, well, this is, you know, if we get nitty and gritty here for a second, you got to understand if you don't pay that money back into the policy, you're not going to have the tax free retirement income that they talk about when it comes mm. time to retire. Breach. Yeah. Okay. Part Go ahead, the, Nate. Part of the uh, process of becoming your own banker is recognizing that money has to flow no matter what. So, as Brock was saying, you take a policy loan. We, we tell people all the time, if you're going to take a policy loan, have a plan for how that money is going to return back to the policy. You know, if you're, if you're refinancing debt, if we're shifting wind current, that means we're now controlling the cash flow that was going out the door to somebody else's bank. We're going to send that back to our bank. If we're putting it into an asset that's going to produce cash flow where it's going to appreciate over time, eventually that money needs to return back to your system in some capacity. You want to get that cash flow momentum that we talk about. We want to get that going so that, uh, you know, eventually it becomes a cycle where these assets are just feeding back to one another. But the, the issue with people thinking that IUL is going to be a great retirement vehicle one day is the fact that there's an increasing cost of an, an increasing unknown cost of insurance in the future and fees on top of that, that they don't know what that's going to be, which is the same reason why we have an issue with uh, uh, pre-tax strategies is because you're cre creating an unknown debt to the government to be determined by them at a later date. That's why we don't, you know, we want to try to get as much certainty as we possibly can out of the money that is going to be flowing through our life. Because when you get later on in life, if you are following some of those things, then you're going to create the most uncertainty in a time when you need the most certainty when you start slowing down. So that's really good. Brock, give me the quote you use all the time about setting sales or not setting sales and direction. I can never remember it, but I'll, it comes in my brain all the time. Basically, we're direction. That's a great question. And I think that it says, because I don't remember if you're telling me, but, or asking me, um, it has to do with direction and, yep. and. No wind is favorable. Yeah, no wind is favorable. If there's no set destination, no wind is favorable. So I really like that when you bring that up because the most important thing that we can do first with anybody that we have the benefit or the pleasure of working with is help them have clarity on the decisions they've already made to this point and to understand them and to unearth the truth of them if they don't understand. And this is what I mean by that. There has yet to be a conversation when we are um, using the financial model we use called LEAP. That's, we can do another podcast on that one day. To where wherever this person or this family or this couple or this business owner is putting money in the places they can be put, which are, you know, in the grand scheme of things, are not that many. To where they understand all of those products completely and fully inside and out. There's always a gap of understanding or a misunderstanding or many times we hear, and I'm guilty of this too. I don't know. I don't know why I put my money there. <clears throat> and then would you like to explore that? Well, heck yeah. Now that I'm here, I've already said I want to learn something new. Okay. Well, did you know that 
this is why this is set up. This is how this product works. Now we have the truth of those products. Now we can really start deciding where do I want to set my sales and where do I want to go? And who do I want to be on the ship with me? Do I want that product to be on the ship or do I want to throw it over and be like, you know, overboard, you're done. I'm not dealing with you anymore because I know what the problem is with it. Nelson Nash said, paraphrased, he talked about the seen and the unseen, but he also talked about once we know what the problem is, we'll know what to do. I find often that we don't really know what the problem is, so we don't know what to do. And that is true in any part of our life. And it requires a willingness, let's talk about this, a willingness to think far beyond tomorrow, but live like today will be our last day. Hmm. And we don't normally want to do that. I'm guilty of not wanting to do that. Brandon, I think something that gives a good point to hit on is a lot of times, this is another thing that I kind of get irked about on social media is when we talk about when not we, but when there's other people talking about infinite banking and overfunding these policies, I mean, if it doesn't have 90% cash value in year one, it's like the worst thing ever. Like, no, 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 no. Let's, let's take a step back here for a second. Yep. If you think that you need all your money in year one and two within this product, this policy, you're still thinking short term. This is long term. Like, so far, in my meetings, I haven't asked any, I haven't uh, been told the answer to the question of, hey, do you think you're going to be living a long life or planning on a short life? Like, what are we planning on here? Almost all the time they say long. But when we look at what they're doing with their money, when we look at the decisions that they're making and what they're asking us to do, almost always it goes back to short term. Mm-hmm. And what we've got to, what we need to step back and look at is, hey, even if we only have, 30, 40% of our cash value available in year one, even if we have zero cash value in year one, we're still going to be okay because it's it's not just in this year. It's going to grow for forever as long as we live. If things, if it will self-complete if we get disabled. It will self-complete if we die as a multiple. And over time, we're going to be able to use utilize that and our income is going to grow as well. So we're not going to only be investing money that is from our grown income, but we're also going to have the cash value within the policy to borrow against to go buy other assets. And then we start building our wealth building vertical is what I call it throughout time, not just this year. So I really like touching on long-term thinking. I think I said this way back on another podcast and I've been having this conversation a lot with my children and my wife and I have been discussing it. We want to raise children who understand the impact and the direct correlation between creating something valuable and delayed gratification. Now, I want to be very clear here. If you see somebody on TikTok saying you can get front loaded and get 100% of your cash value day one, you need to do some investigation that leads you to fully understanding what that will create. And and that is our role in any decision we make in our lives is do we understand it to a level where we're no longer skeptical and we're moving forward because we understand it, or we know this is not a truth that we want to live by and we go in a different direction. And we have to be willing, as Nelson said, to be 
in a state of ruminating or rumination or being willing to ruminate on things, think about things longer than 10 seconds. So a lot of times our strategy, our process, our approach with people that I love is if they're hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Sometimes that tells you that it's time to slow down. Dude, I, I just said this this morning um, on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. X sounds so weird. (laughs) Holding fast to your convictions is the filter that protects your time and energy from being drained by those with a misaligned mission. Um, We have the privilege of turning people away if they don't align with our our values and our mission as far as what we're trying to create together. And we've turned people people away away. and it had nothing to do with the amount of money they had. We, I mean, I remember a guy specifically saying, you mean I'm willing to pay you X number of dollars right now and you won't do what I, the policy that I want. And I'm like, there's plenty of other people that you can work with, but that's just not how we operate because here's the, here's the reason. One, it is our conviction, but two, we're never going to recommend a policy to somebody that we wouldn't recommend for ourselves, that we wouldn't do for ourselves. And so the things that we recommend to our members that we work with are the things that we're doing personally. So why would we recommend or do something outside of what we're doing personally for someone when it comes to this whole process and this idea of, you know, satisfying the protection, savings and growth of our life. Something that uh, has been popping into my mind, Nate is, but we should also be transparent in the fact that it's 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 not like we don't us three don't struggle with the right now society as well. Uh, I find myself in that scenario constantly of man, I I need it today, I need it now, and and I think a lot of that comes from the fact of we've lived in the past. I wouldn't say decade, but a little over I would say five years before a little bit before COVID everything was turning to gold everything was growing at 10 plus percent the reality is and i don't think it's a new reality but the reality is most things don't grow at like 10 percent or more every single year most things grow at like a steady three to five to six percent over time and when you actually step back and start to think about that then your your mindset begins to shift a little bit of thinking through, okay, you know, we're going to be okay. And like, even for me personally, so I have one policy, uh, where it's all base and, uh, I've been paying into that for five or six years now, seven years, maybe. And then I have another policy where I've got 40% going to premium and 60% going to PUA. And I've always talked about, man, I can't believe I did all base. And I'll, I'll track back to that sometimes when I think about, um, man, back then I, I couldn't even think about, you know, what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I'm seven years down the line. Guess how many times I've touched that policy's cash value? Zero. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Now that's zero. Zero. But every single month a premium goes in and the cash value grows. And if I want to access it, I can, but now it for me is an emergency buffer. I use my other policy when I'm buying assets. And I know this sounds crazy, but I also use my other assets to buy other assets, whether that's a savings account, uh, real estate, whatever it may be. But what we're going to learn is 
And as you do this, a lot of times, you know, you may not touch that cash value for a while because you're growing financially outside of the policy and you're doing other stuff. That's really good. And it really emphasizes the importance of how we think. And not only how we think, but challenging why we think how we think. And and so I, I recorded a video this morning about our own personal echo chamber. And I'm not going to go into detail in my personal life of why it was relevant, but it was very uncomfortable. Because for 15 years of my marriage, I have been supporting something in my own echo chamber that is a complete lie. And it has gotten stronger and stronger and stronger. And it's a lie because it made me feel good temporarily. It had a lot of pain with it, but it made me feel good in my mind to justify what I kept doing. So the way I kind of described it is, is we have to come to this reality that we're going to always try to create these little eco chambers that make us feel good about ourselves, And we have to come to the reality that the sooner that we allow trusted resources, people, connections, mentors, mindsets into that eco chamber is the quicker that it will get deflated and not become our demise, especially if it's unhealthy. Because people can see things differently than we can when they're not in the midst of it. And that's really what we love to get to do is just, hey, here's all your best thinking to this point. We have the same process happen in our life daily. What do you think about these things? Are you liking the results they're giving you? Well, no, now that I understand it, I'd like to tweak it. Okay. Here's how we can do that if you'd like to. Now it puts them in the driver's seat of what they want to do next. But the long-range thinking, guys, I think is probably one of the most important pieces that gets missed the most often. And like you all, we all say often, there are no deals in insurance. Period. You alluded to it early on, Brock. You're like, this is going to happen if I do this. That's the guaranteed portion. So that's important to understand all the rules of the game and how policies work and those kind of things. But it's really important to work with somebody who is living it, who can tell you from their failures why they learn what they learn. And maybe they're tapped into somebody like Garrett or your dad, Brock, who's been doing it 20, 30, 35, 40 years almost to go, how did you think through this now that you're 40 years behind looking back? And that will give you a ton of perspective that you just can't get on the open market from TikTok. Now, listen, we probably got TikToks out there. I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying, get to know who you're working with and really see what their heart and their mindset is. So guys, you got Brandon, any? Oh, go ahead. Brandon, I think something that evolved in, in my life was when I switched my conversations and how I approached everything of, hey, this isn't going to work for me. And let me show you why you're wrong to, hey, thanks for showing me this. I don't know how it works, but let's see how it works for me and if it does. Yep. Once I began approaching things with that mindset of, let's figure out if it does work rather than let me show you why it doesn't. My life, my finances, my career, my golf game, my everything started taking massive jumps in every area. So I've had more talks than I'd like to admit about the the uh, impact of pride, which is there's a correlation here with what you're saying, Brock. And 
the bigger that pride gets in our heart and our chest and we start puffing out, the less likely we are open to learning something new because we think we have it all figured out. Nelson referred to it as arrival syndrome. And once you understand what the arrival syndrome is, it literally ought to be, I'm waking up and I'm putting my boxing gloves on and I'm going to whoop its rear end today because I know it's coming for me. It's going to try to knock me out and kind of keep me down. So any parting thoughts today on the truth of infinite banking, what it is, why, how it fails, you know, mindset, anything like that? Brandon, one more piece to add on top of what you said, like pride, yes, in arrival syndrome, yes, we should be fighting it at all times Mm -hmm. because nobody ever arrives, right? That's true. But there is the healthy side of pride. Like I have been told before that my ego can get to be about eight foot 19 sometimes. <laughs> but oftentimes that's because I'm in conversations where I know I've put in the work. I know what's going on and I have the conviction mm-hmm. of, of how it works mm-hmm. so I can stand my ground. And, and when somebody comes along and tries to give me their opinion of what they think might happen, I can hold my conviction and know that, Hey, I've put in the work. I've seen the numbers. I know that that's not how that works. I love that. Humbly resolute. Go ahead, Nate. Something along those lines. um, You know, pride is like an injection. The right dosage will make you thrive and the wrong dosage will kill you. So we have to have a healthy, healthy level of that in our lives. And where it can often go wrong is when we really don't have anybody that we're accountable to. Um, and nobody mm-hmm. that can speak into us and say, Hey, think you might be off a little bit on this or that. Um, and that came from a conversation that I had this morning with a guy who called me, um, that we've been working with and known for a while. And, uh, you know, he just kind of confessed that he's been struggling with some stuff and all that and reminded me of <clears throat> what James says, and I've been bringing this up a lot. I think it's kind of my theme this year where he talks about confess your sins one to another so that you may be healed. There is healing that takes place when we have trusted relationships and accountability that's attached to that. And mm-hmm. so when, you know, if it's a sin, if it's a struggle or something like that, the longer you hold on to it, the longer the enemy is going to continue to win in that, in that situation. And so for anybody who's listening right now, I would say if you're struggling with something, you know, um, Find somebody that you trust and and don't hold on to that too long because it'll wreck you. Absolutely. That's a good way to tie it off for today. I hope it was valuable to you. Uh, As everybody watching uh, or listening, I hope you realize that we're just three dudes who are trying to learn from our failures and apply that and share that in a way that's genuine and humble. And if we ever say anything and you're like, I don't think that's true. Please reach out to us. Send us an email. Eventually, we'll have a landing page, cashflowlegends with a Z at gmail.com. And let's have a conversation about it. And let's see you know, where your thoughts are because we have to be willing to learn something new that has to always be on the table. About, you know, Can I be brought to the forefront of my belief and understand that there's something I was missing? So we hope you have a great day. We hope this was valuable to you. Please hit those like, share, subscribe. Also, give us uh, feedback if you have some positive things, what all those interweb workings are, what buttons you can push and all that. Those are great, too. 
and uh, we'll just let the Lord do his thing, and uh, hopefully this will hit the ears as it's supposed to. Thank you.